showing kindness to the poor, justice to the oppressed, and so on. And the, and the way that was done in the Old Testament was prescribed very precisely. But in the New Testament, the people of God have much greater freedom. It's not that the Old Testament law has lost its validity, but it now applies in a much different way. We now look to the basic principles underlying the law of Moses. And we have greater freedom in working out its implications for the situations in which we find ourselves today. In this new era of gospel freedom, what are some of the concrete and practical ways in which we can guard our hearts above all else? Now, in the Reformed tradition, we think here in the first place of the so-called means of grace, the preaching and reading of the scriptures, the use of the sacraments, Lord's Supper and baptism, and prayer, the kind of thing we do in our worship service every Sunday. But these are not the only means of grace. In fact, the means of grace can be defined much more broadly to include all the so-called spiritual disciplines that have been identified and developed by Christians over the centuries. We find a good overview of these Christian spiritual disciplines in the classic book by Richard J. Foster, which some of you may know, called Celebration of Discipline, The Path to Spiritual Growth. How many people know that book by Foster? Okay, good. That's, that's a very handy guide to traditional spiritual disciplines. And he lists 13 of such spiritual disciplines, ranging from meditation to celebration. And each of these disciplines can be useful in guarding our hearts in the New Testament context. But let me conclude by giving just a few practical suggestions, focusing especially on those spiritual disciplines that have to do with the reading of Scripture, an emphasis that is especially prized in the Reformed tradition. It is especially through immersing ourselves repeatedly and in different ways in the Word of God that we can guard our hearts and safeguard the religious direction of our lives. An excellent tradition in our own circles is that of reading scripture at the dinner table when all the members of the household are gathered together. I don't know if that tradition is flagging or not, but it, I'd be very sorry if it were. And when children are young, it is an excellent practice to read a good children's story Bible. And I'd like to recommend one in particular, uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally, Sally Lloyd-Jones. I don't know if people are acquainted with it. How many of you know that book, the Jesus Storybook? Again, good, excellent. I think that's just a marvelous children's just a couple of weeks ago, my grandkids were over there, seven and nine, and I read that uh, stories to them from, from that story Bible. It is a wonderful uh, story Bible, very treating the Bible as one narrative, Jesus at the center, uh, and there are other good uh, children's story Bibles as well. So that's one thing. A kind of Bible reading that is not so well known in our circles is the meditative reading of scripture known as Lectio Divina. This is a way of opening yourself to the words of scripture which uses the imagination 
more than analytical thinking. It doesn't study scripture so much, doesn't study scripture so much as let its words linger in the mind and suggest other associations. And this can be practiced both privately and in a group setting. Some of you may remember that a number of years ago, I led two evening services here, uh, introducing people to the practice of Lectio Divina. So that's another good practice, Lectio Divina. Another good scripture-oriented discipline is to undertake to read the Bible through entirely through one year. There are Bibles on the market that are specifically designed to do this in a systematic way so that each day you have a portion of the Old Testament, a portion of the New Testament, a psalm, and a few verses from Proverbs. I've been following this discipline myself since the year 2000. And this too is something that you can undertake either on your own or in a group setting with a group of friends. Finally, let me mention the tradition of so-called Ignatian spirituality, which was developed by the founder of the Jesuits, Ignatius of Loyola. And there's a website on the internet called Sacred Space which allows you to follow certain meditative steps with respect to a different scripture passage each day. And I use that regularly myself for a good number of years. And when I was an elder in my home congregation, I used to recommend it to people on elders' visits. These are just a few simple, concrete suggestions of scripture-related spiritual disciplines. There, there are many others but I'm just highlighting that the scripture-related disciplines. They can be powerful tools in guarding your heart and safeguarding the religious direction of your life and of the life of your family. Now, of course, we need to remember that ultimately the guarding of our hearts is not something that rests in our hands. We have a faithful God who protects us. As the Apostle says in a passage in Philippians 4, says the following, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. So ultimately, it is Christ. It is in Christ that our hearts are secure and that the religious direction of all the outgoings of our lives are anchored. To him be the glory. To that let all God's people say, Amen. Shall we pray? Lord God, we give thanks for the instruction of your word. We thank you for its plain language and for the way in which it communicates in a way that children can understand. And we thank you for this encouragement from the book of Proverbs, which exhorts us to guard our hearts so that our direction may be focused on you, that our entire lives, that everything that proceeds out of our heart may be directed and motivated by a concern for your praise and honor. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Shall we sing number 81, Lord?